We are at war. I'm not talking about the war overseas or even a race war or any of the physical wars we fought in the history of our nation or even in the history of our world. I'm talking about a war that we cannot see. And yet we see the effects of this war all around us, in our society, in our culture, even in our own lives. This is a war that we have to be willing to fight. It is a spiritual war. It's a war that we cannot ignore. In fact, Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he's closing out his, le- his letter to the church at Ephesus. And he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I, it's, it's very important that he p- leads with this statement. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. We have to recognize that this does not say, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of my might or in the strength of your might this is in the strength of his might our strength comes from him it says put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil the devil is very crafty he's always looking for a way to attack you he's always looking for a way to bring you down we have to be able to stand against him Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is what you need to understand about this war. The enemy, we cannot see. It is a spiritual warfare. The problem we have as Christians a lot of times is we want to fight the wrong people. We look at our world and we look at everything going on and we we pick a political side or a political party. We pick a person that we look up to or that we are against and we want to fight the people that we are actually here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save the lost. That is who we are supposed to be sharing and showing love towards. And yet often we treat them as the enemy. But they're actually the ones that we're here to shine a light. The enemy is one that we cannot see. While we can't see him, we definitely can see the effects of what he is doing in this world. He has blinded the eyes of those who do not believe. And we are to shine a light. We are to fight this fight. We are to fight this war. And it's not easy. So Paul says we need to take on the whole armor of God. Verse 13, verse 13, he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. You got to have the armor. You got to have the armor so that you can stand firm, so that you can hold the line, hold your ground, not wavering, pressing forward towards the prize right? That's what we talked about last week, pressing forward, running the race, endurance, but we have to armor up first. We have to make sure that we take on the whole armor of God. It says, verse 14, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. The belt of truth. So, you got to picture Roman armor at this time and what the belt of truth would have been or the girdle would have been what whole, held everything together. It would have held the tunic together, it would have allowed them to pull it up and tuck it in so that they could free up their legs so that they could run. 
So think about that. The truth is binding. The truth of God's word, the truth of the gospel, the truth of scripture, it is binding. It is what holds everything together. It's what holds what we believe together. It is truth. It is also what frees us up to fight, right? You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So we have to know truth. We have to hold on to truth. It's so important, especially in a relativistic society that says that truth is relative. Truth is not relative. Truth is truth. We have to hold on to that truth. It says the breastplate of righteousness. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Think about this. You put it on, it protects your chest, it protects your heart, it protects your, your soul. When God looks at us, he sees us clothed in the righteousness of Christ. We have to have, that is what gives us strength. It is our, what we have in Christ. The righteousness that we have in Christ is what protects our heart and our soul as we enter into this battle. The next thing is shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now, I want you to understand, right? These shoes, when he's talking about this, the Romans would have had, it would have been a sandal that would have wrapped up around their leg. It would have gone up their calf to give them support. It also would have had spikes in the bottom of it so that they could plant their foot into the ground like a cleat. What we would use modern in, in football or baseball is a cleat so we could plant your foot so you would have traction. And so that when the enemy attacked, you could hold them back by planting your feet into the ground and standing firm. The question is, are your feet planted in the gospel of Jesus Christ? That is the solid rock on which we stand. Right As the old hymn says, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. We stand on the rock, we have to have our feet firmly planted on the gospel of Christ. But also compare it to Romans where it says, Romans 10, 14 through 15, it says, How then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how Beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We have to have our feet with the gospel of peace. We have to be carrying the gospel to the world. And we have to have them firmly planted in the gospel so we can stand firm. The gospel impacts every aspect of your life. It's so important that you're rooted in that. The next one. This is the one that we like to talk about the most. It says, in all circumstances, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, this shield would have been a, a tall shield. It would have been a shield that they could have carried. They could have planted it in the ground, stood behind it, it would have protected their entire body. And we have to have this in every circumstances of life. No matter what you do, you have to do it in faith. And we got to take up that shield. So we can quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. Satan throws them at us, right? He throws doubt at us. He throws depression at us. He throws divisiveness at us. He throws despair at us. He throws worry. He throws anxiety. He throws all of the hardships of life. He'll throw it all at you. He will try to bring you down because what he wants to do is discourage you. He wants you to drop that shield of faith so that he can take you down and that you will not get back up again. Just like we talked about last week when we talked about failure. 
Sometimes we do that, right? Sometimes we drop our faith and we lose and we lose sight of who we have placed our faith in, who the object of our faith is when we get knocked down. But we talked about how when we get knocked back, back down, we got to get back up. We got to pick up the shield. We got to get back up, get back in the fight so we can quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. But it takes faith. Also, the other thing that's really cool when you think about this picture of the shield of faith is if you think about how Rome conquered the world and how they built the Roman Empire and how they conquered so many other people, what they would do is they would go in and they would have all of these Roman soldiers with their shields in front of them and they would go shoulder to shoulder, shield to shield, forming an un breakable line and they would advance together if they were going to have to defend against archers or anything else the soldiers in the back ranks would lift their shields up over their heads protecting those in front of them and those behind them so that on all sides from all fronts from above from in front from left to right from the back no matter which direction you came at them they were protected what you have to understand church is that is what we are supposed to be as a body of believers. We shoulder to shoulder, shield to shield, we fight this fight, we stand our ground, we hold the line together, planting our feet firmly in the gospel of Jesus Christ with the truth holding it together. We hold, we hold that line. We, we develop a place of refuge for those that need to be saved so that when they see us, they see a place of safety, a place that they can run to. But we do it together. Here's the problem. If we start fighting amongst each, amongst ourselves over stupid stuff, I will tell you, we fight over stupid stuff in our churches. But if we fight over this stuff in our churches, our line will be broken. And the enemy will find a weakness and they will find a way in. He is looking for every weakness that he can find. If we're fighting the wrong enemy, our line will be broken. And we won't be watching the one we need to be watching out for. We don't, won't be looking for the schemes of the devil. We have to stand shield to shield, shoulder to shoulder, encouraging one another. If one of us gets knocked down, the others help pick them back up. So that way we can continue to fight. Then he says, and take the helmet of salvation helmet of salvation your helmet protects your head it protects your mind let this mind be new which is also in christ jesus for those of you who don't know christ you need to know him none of this armor means anything to you if you don't know him and the bible says that whoever calls on the name of the lord will be saved if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead you will be saved are you tired of looking at the world around you and wondering why there's so much despair? Why there's so much heartache? Why there's so much grief? Why there's so much pain, so much agony? I can tell you that in the midst of all of it, in the midst of all the hardship, in the midst of all that, God gives peace to those who know him and to those who have faith in him. So if you don't know him, you need to turn to him today. Because he loves you, he died for you, and he made a way of salvation for you through the blood shed of Jesus Christ.
take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Basically, the idea here is that the word of God is so sharp, it is so powerful, it is so alive, that it can divide the undividable. It can pierce straight through to the heart of a person. Opening up and revealing their need for Christ, opening up and revealing everything, it also can fight against Satan. You want to know what Jesus used when he had to rebuke Satan? He used the word of God. That is our weapon. That is our only weapon. Sarcasm, our own debate skills, our own opinions, those are not weapons that we need to be using in this fight. It is the word of God. What I think, what Zach thinks doesn't matter. What the word of God says is what matters more than anything else. So pick up the sword. You've got to meditate in it. You've got to read it. You've got to memorize it. That is how you sharpen your sword. You have to know it so that we can all stand firm together. But don't miss this. Verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Praying at all times. Right? The Bible also says pray without ceasing. Always being in an attitude of humble prayer. Humbly submitting yourself to God. Praying at all times and all things. I always equate it to this. If, if your dad, your father were standing next to you 24-7 so that no matter what decision came up, no matter what was there, he was always there, wouldn't you turn to him and ask his opinion? If your best friend could walk with you 24-7, 365 all the time when a problem arose and you needed help with it, when you needed a word of encouragement, wouldn't you turn to him? But see, that's what we have that's what we have in Christ. That's what we have. We have a heavenly father who is with us all the time. We have a, his spirit living inside of us. And yet we ignore him. We need to be praying at all times. No matter what the situation, no matter how big, no matter how small, it doesn't matter. He cares. He says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Think about that. Cast all. All of them. It doesn't say cast your big ones. Leave the little ones to the side. I don't want to deal with those. It says cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We need to be praying at all times through this. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. Keep alert. Question I have for you today, Christian. Are you keeping alert? Or are you on the sidelines? How much dust is built up on your armor because you haven't picked it up? In a long time. How dull is your sword because you haven't been sharpening it? How weak is your shield because you haven't been wielding it? We have to armor up. We have to stand firm. We have to stand firm in the faith. L listen to this. Because of this armor, because of this great blessing that we have in Christ, because of what God has given us, it says in Romans 8, 38 and 39, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, 
depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And again in Isaiah 54, 17, it says, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. You shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication for me, declares the Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. We have this armor to protect us, but we have to fight the fight. Now notice it says to stand firm. Our job is to hold the line until Jesus returns. We have to hold it. So I don't know where you're at. And I don't know how long it's been since you've armored up. I don't know how long it's been since you've sharpened your sword. But you need to you need to pull that armor out of the closet. You need to knock the dust off of it. Polish it up. Sharpen your sword. Ground yourself in the gospel. Pick up the shield and hold that line with us. The battle is important. Satan's ultimate goal is to bring you down and one of his favorite ways to do it is to make you comfortable to make you not want to fight to make you avoid the hardship to make you avoid the battle because as long as you're sitting on the couch you're not fighting him that's just it we sit on the couch when we need to be standing we need to be standing firm in the power of jesus christ 